Love Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with your co-host, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and his wife, Jeannie. Michael and Jeannie share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. They offer tools and support five days a week. They will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love. In Aramaic, Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. And now your co-host, The Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. To the brightness within you and the truth that is rooted within me. Happy Friday. Today is September 18th, 2015. I'm Michelle Pache, filling in for Jeannie, and I'm here today with Dr. Michael Rice and Dr. Timothy Hayes. We warmly welcome you to the show and thank you for choosing to be with us. Our call-in number is 646-200-4169. Press 1 and that puts you into queue to talk with our host. We encourage you to call in with your comments or questions, allowing you to actively strengthen and deepen your practice. Now, let's welcome Tim in support of developing our inner process of Aramaic forgiveness. Thank you, Michelle. How are you today? I'm I'm wonderful today. I celebrated my 10-year wedding anniversary uh, last night and had a real special romantic evening, and I think I'm still um, uh, in, in the mode of... Celebration and joy, and, and sharing a lot of love and uh, intimacy with my husband. So, I'm uh, um, a wonderful way to move into the weekend. Well, congratulations. Thank you. And, and welcome to everyone who's joining us on the show. It is um, good to be here on a Friday. We've got uh, some talk about. A primary tool, the ancient Aramaic tool of forgiveness, and that's what this radio show is about, and about helping people learn about it and then supporting them in, in applying it in their lives. And uh, I'm a psychologist with over 41 years of experience doing therapy, and I can say without hesitation that this is the most comprehensive, efficient, effective set of tools that I have experienced in all my years of training, including the doctorate training and all the years of post-doctorate training that are required to maintain the license. And it, it, it just stirs up such joy in me to be able to be a part of sharing this free on the Internet and then have it in the archives so that people who may not have access to health insurance or a good therapist or direct contact with Michael or the money to go to an intensive, all these people can still get access to some of the most powerful tools I've ever encountered for improving the quality of my life, managing my emotions, strengthening and deepening my relationships, improving my physical health, 
and the list goes on and on. And the primary tool in that toolkit is the Reality Management Worksheet, and it's available on the website at www.whyagain.org. You can click on the link at the, the top of the page that says Start Here, or you can click on the red and white bullseye, and it will take you to a page where you can download Chapter 24 of Dr. Rice's book, the latest version of the worksheet process itself. And I believe Michael is saying now, 16 different audio files of shows like this one where Michael or Jeannie or someone else has actually stepped people through that worksheet process. So you can get the written explanation, you can see the worksheet itself, and you can listen to people who are actually transforming their lives live on the Internet show. And you can hear the recording of it. And it's hours and hours of training in how to fill out the worksheet, how to do a worksheet on myself, how to do a worksheet on somebody else, how to do a worksheet on a physical problem, how to do a worksheet when I can't figure out what is it that I'm feeling. So it's a wonderful resource at www.whyagain.org. And then if you go there or if you don't even know what that means, Call us, 646-200-4169, five days a week. Michael and Jeannie and some of us in the support team work to make this available five days a week from noon to one central time. Sorry, Michelle, I should have said, what is it, one to two Eastern? (laughs) And... It's, it's, the, it's the battle of the time zones. And then when, when Michael and Jeannie are traveling, then there's even more confusion about what day and what time it is. But this tool is based on the ancient Aramaic tool of forgiveness, a concept that was available thousands of years ago when people understood more about the mind, the body, the physical, the mental, the emotional, spiritual. Actually, at a time before, we did so much carving it up into bits and pieces before they even talked about the difference between mind and body or cause and effect. They had one word that meant cause and effect. They had one word for this this entity or, or energy system we have. And we've learned to just be very, very violent with our words. And we say it's us against them. And we say mind versus body. And we, there's a way to, to conceptualize who you are as a person that understands it's all connected, that we are all connected as people and that every aspect of yourself is connected to every other aspect of yourself. And way back then, they understood that if I'm feeling anything other than the pure expression of joy and love and creativity, it's something I'm creating as a dream or hallucination. It isn't being caused by anyone or anything outside of me. And the reality management worksheet and the ancient Aramaic tool of forgiveness is a tool that I can use to go inside me and remove anything that doesn't belong there. Any energies of physical discomfort, mental or emotional discomfort, anger, fear, sadness, hurt, guilt, shame, condemnation, blame. And with a very succinct, focused process, 
remove what doesn't belong. And a wonderful thing happens when I remove what doesn't belong in my system. I get easy and direct access to the experience of my true nature. And here's another wonderful thing. My true nature is the same as your true nature and the same as the true nature of every other human that's ever lived, and that's the energy of creation. Some have called it love, light, God, the universe, soul, spirit. It's all the same. As far as I'm concerned, you can use whatever word you want for it. Experience is what counts. So rather than talk a lot about it in terms of words, the invitation is, Pick up the tool whenever you're feeling angry, sad, scared, hurt, frustrated. Apply it to your own mind, your own thoughts, your own emotions. Remove what doesn't belong and usher yourself into a direct experience of your true nature, the energy of love, the energy of creation, the energy of the creator. And once you do that, give us a call and share your experience. 646-200-4169. And if you're on the switchboard, press the number one and they'll put a hand up and Michelle will know you want to leave a comment or a question. So before I launch into any kind of a description about our Thursday support group, I'll ask if anybody has a question or a hand up. No, no questions, no hands up, quiet in the chat room. Actually, I thought Michael might have been uh, joining us today. It looks like he's still tied up. Okay, well, another thing we do with this radio show time, this Internet show time, is we recommend to people and we try to help support people and sometimes even motivate them, nudge them, into creating and or participating in their own support group. And I'm privileged at this time in my life to be able to have two support groups, one on Tuesday night and one on Thursday night. And I try to talk a little bit about the Tuesday support group because the experience of it went so far beyond words that it didn't make sense for me to too much about it. You have to be there to really understand how powerful, how loving, and how how uh, transformative a mind shifter support group can be. And last night, I had the privilege again of being in a support group. And we had three people plus me, and we watched a portion of Michael's newest version of the lecture, What is the World? And then we had some discussion about Course in Miracles. There's a lesson or a series of lessons or sections that have the title, What is the World? And there's a lot of uh, different debate and ideas about whether or not the Course in Miracles actually says anything exists or the world exists or the world doesn't exist. And sometimes people are so invested in their belief about what the Course in Miracles says that they actually want to use it as an excuse to argue with somebody else or get violent with somebody else. I've actually had people raise their voice in anger trying to convince me that their interpretation of what's written in The Course in Miracles is accurate and what Dr. Rice says in his lectures is inaccurate. And whenever that happens, 
I simply listen. And then whenever they're done, I just say to them, okay. And they say, what do you mean, okay? And I say, okay. And they say, well, that's not what Dr. Rice says, and he's wrong, and this, 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 this. And I say, okay. And I simply refuse to argue, as I hope more and more people will begin to do. I simply refuse to argue about a book, a teaching, a philosophy, a guru who says it's all about love, that love is the only thing that's real. And in this work, we understand that if I'm experiencing any kind of a hallucination, any kind of an illusion other than pure joy, compassion, creativity, and aliveness, that's my work to do to dismantle the energies that don't belong in my system. That's my work to do to cancel the goals, cancel the thoughts, and dismantle the energies that are only doing one thing. There's only one thing those energies can do. They can't hurt me. They can't change my true nature. They can't ever separate me from love or God or Holy Spirit. They can form identity of a hallucination in my mind that I'm separate. And it can allow me to live in a dream. It's a painful dream. It's a nightmare. It, it seems, I love the way uh, way of mastery says it. It says, in an illusory world, an illusion can seem to have great power. But as soon as I wake up from the dream, I realize none of it was real and none of it ever had any power over me. And so the invitation in this work is take full responsibility at deeper and deeper levels for everything you're feeling. And the more I do that, the better my life gets. And I extend the invitation to everyone listening, whether it's live or in the archives. And again, the tools available. So last night we had that portion of that lecture, and Dr. Rice is doing, I think, a very good job. Several people commented that he was on during that that lecture series. Things were clicking. The words were flowing. He was getting inspired. And he talked about the difference between the world that Creator created, which Michael Rice refers to as actuality, and the world that's created in my mind as my perception pieces things together and shows me its story. So we had that discussion after the video, and then we had somebody volunteer to do a worksheet. And as almost always happens these days, the worksheets in these groups where you've got two or three or eight or 12 or 15 people together holding the space of love for someone, it's a very powerful process. And so we had a primary member in the, the group do a worksheet out loud. I was doing a worksheet of my own, and we helped that person sort through her worksheet, and then somebody asked me about mine, because I had some tears come up when I did mine. And, and the issue with my worksheet had to do with something I mentioned on this Internet show on Monday that somebody called and left a voicemail message for me, firing me and telling me that I was not a good therapist. And before I figured out who it was, I had all of these negative emotions get stirred up in me. 
And then once I realized who it was, I kind of felt relief because there was a part of me that had already reached the conclusion I probably couldn't help that person. And as often happens when I do my second or third or 17th worksheet on an issue, I get to see a different part of the upset I'm holding. And so last night, as I was discussing, somebody was kind enough to ask me about how my worksheet went. And as I was discussing it, I got to see even deeper insights than I had when I did the worksheet myself. And it tapped into my sense of sadness. I started the worksheet because I thought I was angry. And then the next worksheet I did because I thought I was afraid. I had fear that I had ruined an opportunity to help someone. And at the end of that worksheet, I wasn't feeling anger or fear. I was feeling sadness. And the sadness was connected to a thought in my mind that I could not help someone whose situation was hopeless. And that led to a whole series of thoughts about future worksheets I can do and about a pattern I've had through my whole life of having this drive for this urge to try and help other people and getting triggered whenever I came across somebody, not whenever, but at times getting triggered if I came across somebody where my assessment of their situation was, it's hopeless. And of course, we know in this work, that means that's resonating my experience currently or sometime in the past of holding energies and feeling the emotions going along with my conclusion that this situation is hopeless for me. So it was a wonderful experience for me. I'm, I'm grateful beyond words to the people who are in attendance in these mind shifter groups. And again, I'll just put out the invitation. If you don't have a mind shifter group in your area, start one. So I'll take a breath and ask if you could be able to hear all of this while I'm driving and if anybody has a question or a hand up. Yeah, Tim, um, you're coming through loud and clear. And in the chat room, we've got a question maybe you can address. The person states, so I was reading a book and I came across this phrase, quote, permission to exist unquote, which I just reacted to as unknowing. Like, yes, that's one of my core issues. And I wonder how to do some worksheets around it. I think it's probably related to my fear of being annoying to others. But if you could provide some feedback or suggestions around that. What did you say? This person's fear about being what to others? Annoying. Okay. I mean, I guess it sounds right. to me something along the lines of deservability or, or worthiness. Okay, so that's excellent. If the person hasn't already done a worksheet on feeling worthy, then I would I would use your feedback. This is the idea that we're raised in a culture that's trying to train us to believe that we are only valuable because of what we do. Michael talks about this often as the difference between a human being 
and a human doing or a human getting or possessing. And, and if I'm holding a belief that says I don't have value or I'm not worthy of somebody's attention or affection, unless I am doing something or have achieved a certain level of something, those are all good thoughts and energies to dismantle. Comments? Um, I was just thinking, you know, um, the, the person said, yeah, it's a great topic, and and I'm thinking to myself, absolutely. And then my assumption is because it's universal that, you know, it's, it's every person who really has the ability to um, look and kind of have that awareness or insight that it, it, at some level most can relate to the fear if, people really knew me, you know, like they would run away screaming. Like, I am so loathsome that I don't deserve to suck the air, you know. I'm breathing. Where do you get thoughts like that again? Directly from my content. I've gone, I, I'm relating to this. And then, you know, it isn't like I see thousands of clients over the years who all share similar. So, you know, I've got, and you understand this, sort of an inside scoop on the workings of most people's most intimate private thoughts, and, you know, to me it feels like it's chronic. Well, then that would certainly be one of your 77 times 70 worksheet issues, and maybe you would take some time to share with this questioner some of the best things you've discovered to help you dismantle those themes in your thought or those energies. What works best for you? Let me just ask you to breathe. Let me ask you to breathe and start to come from the space that you are absolutely the most qualified person on the call right now to answer Oh. I, I, you know, I think um, the strategy I've used is part intellectual, intellectual, um, but just um, having the courage to ride the wave and experiencing the depth of that pain as it's happening and. Invariably, it you know you move through it. You have to move through. You can't go around it, and so it becomes sort of an opportunity when it comes up. Even though it's kind of a castor oil, it's not not to feel good, but if it's there, welcome it. Sounds like great advice. <sighs> I think that's the part where that's the part where what? Um almost sort of experientially and I think it happens over time where 
you the the whole concept of why is this happening to me again when you're actually actively using tools and and um, consciously addressing a you know a healing process for yourself that when you come up against the same issue after you do a ton of work and at, at the first blush or second blush it feels so my experience is that it was disheartening. Like, wait a second, I'm doing the work, and then, like, I'm just getting, you know, boatloads of more crap around it. And recognizing that that excavation process sometimes gets, you know, deeper before it gets lighter, and then just having the trust and sort of perseverance that you're not just spinning your wheels. They're actually making some progress, even if you can't see it, like, Globally, at that that moment, you're you know backing your sewage. So just sort of again, you know, because you can get thrown off your track when it doesn't feel like okay. you know you're making right, progress. So you, right. Let me let me interrupt because you you did a good catch there once. I was just about to say, please speak in the first person I, and you caught it once, but now in the last couple sentences, you've gone back to you you you. I think you're giving excellent advice. And it will come across better in in the first person. Mm-hmm. Um, the person on the in the chat room says that um, she always felt unworthy unless it was um, unless she was feeling useful to a, a power person. And you know we've addressed this multiple times. The uh, ideas of approval being collapsed with the concept of feeling loved. So as far as a mind shifter would go related to so I'm I'm feeling I'm always in the way of others. So maybe something like, you know it's safe and healing to be the center of attention, everyone, you know, um asking for my wisdom. So did we Help hit a hot no, I'm saying help me out there. I don't know, as far as a, a mind shifter to kind of help her to get underneath this um, unworthy, you know, being valuable, being loved is good enough. Okay, well, I, I think you're you're right there. One is one aspect is uh, for some people it'll have a slightly different flavor. It'll be something about being seen or heard or being looked up to for advice and for somebody more about just being accepted for who they are without having to perform. So you might have somebody, remember a mind shifter, you brought the, the tool up, we should explain it briefly. A mind shifter is a tool that I can use to stir up and then get access to unconscious material from my own mind, from my own brain cells. And the mind shifter itself is any statement for which I have negative content consciously, subconsciously, or unconsciously hidden from myself. And what we do is we take a sheet of paper and draw a line vertically down the center, and on the left hand of the paper, I, I write the mind shifter statement itself, and then on the right-hand side, I give myself an undisturbed window of time. Michael recommends two hours. And I let myself just respond. I call it targeted journaling. 
I read the mind shifter that I've written on the page, and I just let myself free associate and write whatever comes into my mind on the right-hand side. And when I run down and I, I feel like I've got nothing else to write, I rewrite the mind shifter. So the mind shifter might be it's safe and healing for me, and I love it when people ask me to be the center of attention and the authority. Another one might be on this, it's safe and healing for me to know that my true nature is love and that nothing I have ever done has changed that in any way. I can't do enough or refrain from doing enough that will in any way change my true nature as love. Or it's safe and healing for me to experience myself as love, loving, and lovable forever. Or you might write, it's safe and healing for me, and I love it when people acknowledge that I am loved, loving, and lovable forever. So there are several different mind shifters that might be useful to stir up negative content if anybody has difficulty accepting themselves as being loved, just because the creator put the breath of life in them. I asked her if any of of the ideas uh, resonated, and she said yes, all of them. Thank you so much. So it's cool they're archived because this is um, was a good list there you gave. I was noticing all kinds of reactions come up just as you uh, spoke the sentences, so there's some good stuff there. All right. No hands up yet, though. We've got um, quite a few callers, so feel free. We've got over a half hour left. Okay. I just uh, pulled over so I could do a little bit of... um, navigating so you might hear my gps get me back on track i was headed back to my office and i got routed in the wrong direction while i was talking so so no questions no comments not right now okay so what got stirred up for you when we were talking about those wine sisters (laughs) oh well, you know, sometimes when um, people cough and then there's a word in there <laughs> hidden, that's kind of kind of the reaction, you know, that um, there was a part of me that was resisting the words, like, that's not true um, in terms of, you know, uh, my lovability and, and value that's just inherent like the messages that um, told me otherwise are pretty powerful and there's a, you know, core that is in disagreement with some of those affirmations that you um, pointed out for our chatter. as we always do for people to keep your breath moving and if you need to mm-hmm. take a moment to make some notes because what most of us understand in this work is when that material surfaces it's important to catch it write it down on paper because 
within a few breaths or a few minutes, it can be gone and hidden again from your conscious awareness. Most of us who've done this work have had the experience of having an insight and thinking, oh, wow, that's powerful, I'll remember that. And then half a day later, we can't bring that up under any condition. You mentioned um, that yesterday, I believe, um, in terms of, when you, I think you're making the phone call and then you notice some feelings coming up and then, you know, being able to sort of put them back on the shelf just as quickly and that that might be a trap or an, over, an oversight or a missed opportunity. And um, I never really thought of that level of finesse because I, I noticed for me, that happens a lot, and my assumption has always been that, you know, I'm quicker and quicker at defaulting, so maybe that's an illusion. Maybe I'm not healing anything, but rather just storing it for later, because it seems if I'm aware of it and I'm breathing through it and then it, it um, dissipates, how would you know the difference if, you know, do I have to do a formal, you know, 12-step worksheet if, if little ones can just be felt and moved? Yes. I I have taken the position for my own personal growth that when I have a blip, I have just a flash of a negative feeling or emotion or fear. I try to mentally tag that or make myself a written note that I want to go back and do worksheets, tapping, breathing, and journaling about that because if it showed its head, it didn't come out of nowhere. It's still in me. We had we had a similar thing happen in the group last night. Somebody made a statement, and for one of our members, she had a spike in the feeling that she could only identify as terror, and moments later it was gone. And even when we tried to talk about it, it was quite a while before she could get back in touch with what it might have been that spiked that terror. I think it was something that Michael had said in the video that spiked this energy. It resonated this very intense energy of terror in her. Well, if she just says, oh, I'm glad that's gone and moves on, she's done nothing to dismantle that energy of terror. And it'll be there to get triggered again. And, of course, we understand in this work that if I have an, a spike of an energy of terror or sadness or grief come up in me, and then moments later it seems to be gone, I have actually, without knowing it, used some of my own mind energy to hide that from myself. And it's only with the application of the tool of willingness and some of the specific tools that can help me dig into and uncover my unconscious content, that I have even a chance of dismantling that. So I've taken it upon myself over the past few years to be more rigorous about every little negative reaction I have and highlight it as something I want to keep working on. that make sense? Um, 
It it does. There's, you know, we've talked um, in our support group in Lansing here. Tony introduced um, the Sedona method and, and this idea of, like, welcoming feelings. And it isn't necessarily the cognitive process of the worksheet, but more, I guess, physiological, like feeling the emotions, like experiencing them and letting them move through and not a lot of um, intellectual. And so I guess I'm just kind of thinking through, like, you know, the sort of the different um, beliefs that are inherent in each of those and... Um, it seems like they might conflict, and I'm just kind of wondering. I also get back with Tony and ask him some more about that because it seems like I understand what you're saying. And um, Michael has often talked about the smallest upsets, you know, hide the deepest pains, and so it would make sense. Then, you know, don't leave us, don't uncover when it comes to opportunities for um, healing. And it sounds like, I mean, gosh, it, it could be a 23-hour, well, it is. It's a 24-hour day job managing all those um, fleeting thoughts. Well, you know, so you, you put me in mind again of something we talk about a lot on this show, and that is the trap of trying to figure it out. And the other thing is it seems like you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself. I would encourage you to listen to things like the way of mastery where it says you don't have to put that much pressure on yourself you don't have to travel to an ashram and a mosque someplace your your life your day-to-day life is the the most perfect ashram you could ever be in if i'm busy and i get triggered in a meeting i was in a business meeting this morning if i get triggered to something and i forget to make a note about it that's not going to sabotage my spiritual growth. It'll come back. It'll be up in my face the next time it gets resonated. And when I'm having a good day and I've got some extra energy and my notepad is ready and I've got some extra time, when I get I notice something gets triggered, I'll make a note of it and I'll go back and do my worksheets, tapping, breathing, mind shifting. And it's all going to be okay. You know, it reminds me of that thing I was talking about last week that came to me as this two-step process. I've been given by the creator, as has every human being, the ability to initiate mind energy. It's a creative force. And I can use that to frame goals and set goals, maintain them for attention, achieve them and cancel them, and thereby manage my own energy of stress around that mind energy. And when I do that, when I use that constructively, I frame and set goals based on who I am, what my experience has been, what my talents are, what my passions are. I'm positively contributing to life. And that's step one. I should be doing that every day as just part of my rent on the planet. Adding the powerful creative force of mind energy that I get to choose and direct, adding that in alignment with my values, my priorities, my skills, and my passions. 
The second step is I go off into the day and live my life, and I just accept whatever happens because I've got this tiny little bit of mind energy. My mind energy isn't what's keeping the planet spinning around the sun and the sun moving through our galaxy and our galaxy moving through space. Wait, 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 so wait. When, I thought you were the great and powerful Tim Hayes. Yeah, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. And and so when it doesn't go according to the goals I've framed or set, I can sit back and relax and say, okay, there's a bigger game in town. I wonder how this is all going to work out for the best and relax into what unfolds with my eyes open, with my conscious awareness tuned into my true nature, and with full confidence that all is going to work out. Jim, or uh, Jim was just saying something in my ear. I mentioned his name. Hey there. We we finally got into a zone where we have a, a, a phone signal. But what uh, what the last couple of minutes of conversation have, have triggered in me is the uh, the remembrance that there is a, a powerful model on the planet of you have to go lay on the couch for 25 years and figure it out, as opposed to walk through your life as love. And when something less than love comes up, you just do whatever work comes up. And uh, and as you're saying, Tim, be gentle with yourself. Take care of yourself. You know, there's a time to go light a candle and lay in a, a bathtub of hot water and just soak. Are you there, Michelle? Yeah, so it was a was a um idea for me. All of the above. Uh uh-huh, good, good. Yeah. Take care of yourself, number one. Live his love towards yourself. Even when your darkness comes. And when you can't, that's when you have community. Yeah, absolutely. You've, you've mobilized resources of people who can hold the space of love for you when you're unable to reconnect with that consciously yourself. And remember that it's all a practice. You know, it is a practice. It takes the the rule of the three Ps, practice, practice, practice. And uh, first and foremost, every time you have a judgment against yourself, that's first and foremost what you want to be forgiving. So any thoughts, Michelle? Right, I'm just thinking plenty of opportunities um, to practice, then, if that's the case. Well, you know, once you step into willingness, that's how it happens. Once you say, okay, universe, I'm I'm willing to to do the next level of my work, it's going to come. And, of course, when you hit a new level of vitality, too, I was talking to uh, uh, Susan Darnell yesterday, as she called, and her her support group is growing in leaps and bounds. She has it on uh, meetup.com. And they're getting two or three people a week from Meetup, brand new people that are sticking around. And so she called me last night. They'd done the support group the night before, and she was just so ecstatic and in such a high 
and she was getting ready to uh, to head to Asheville to uh, spend the weekend with Terry. And I called Terry and said, "Look out, the next layer is coming up." You know, it's just and 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 even when the next layer comes up, we can move into lightheartedness and you know, once you get on the other side of the heavy stuff, it's easy to say, "Well, that wasn't such a big deal." And if we can remember that when the heavy stuff comes up and we want to get lost in it, oh, this is just another piece of work to do. My mind is making something big and huge out of it, and that's just the way my mind structures reality. And I can change the way my mind structures its realities. So we hold the space for you. That's awesome that you're getting all those opportunities. <laughs> well, congratulations. Tim knows that when there's no hands up, I'm always uh, game for a conversation. Yeah, cool. Sweet. Where are you guys going to or coming from? We're actually driving from Theodosia, Missouri to uh, Columbia, Missouri. It's about a four-hour drive. Jim's driving and Jeannie and I are in the passenger seats on the road again or still. And seeing as how we're uh, we're not going to be traveling the way we usually do this uh, this winter, we're not going to take. It looks like we're not going to take the large van uh, or the large truck uh, that gets on a good day nine miles to the gallon. And uh, we found uh, a used uh, Toyota van that we're on our way to pick up. It's going to uh, give us 28 miles to the gallon instead of. Uh, eight miles to the gallon and uh, make for a lot more comfortable traveling. So we're on our way to to pick up a a van that we found at the right price that's going to serve us as that. And then when we are on the road in the future, we'll tow it behind the uh, the truck. So it'll give us a little more space. So we just found that this morning, and that's why the last-minute thing came up of, uh, of asking for support with the show. And Dr. Tim, where are you on your way to or from? I'm heading from a business meeting back to my office. Ah, cool. Awesome. Well, our call-in number is 646-200-4169. If you're on one of those stations we can't see in our control panel, if you call that number, you'll be having a conversation with us if you push one. And if you're in the phone queue and you push one, you're next in line. No waiting. So, Michelle, anything happening in the chat room or anybody with a hand up? Nope. Quiet, quiet right now, Michael. But one of the, uh, you know, the perennial topics that comes with this work, I think that really uh, opens a space for people to understand differently is the uh, the tool of communication that comes from the communication that you hear what I think I said and the the difference between responsibility communication and projection communication and that the whole world is uh, has been trained and rarely, if ever, if ever, has seen and we actually communicate responsibly about their upset. And because our mind is the device that structures our realities, when I say you made me mad, and I'm using projection communication. I'm literally asking my mind to build me a picture of you being the cause of my upset. And when I can shift my language, when I can, you know, when I can sit 
with uh, with somebody and find myself in some sort of hostility or fear, and instead of I'm really angry because of, I can say, oh, pardon me, <laughs> I can say, gee, you know, this conversation's bringing up anger for me. Then, then and only then can I come out of my denial and access the part of me that holds that hostility that is my disease. Otherwise, what the world has modeled for us forever is languaging about how I'm only angry because of what you did. I'm only angry because of what you said. I'm angry because of who you are rather than I'm angry because of who I am. And, you know, anger is a disastrous energy in the human system wherever it's stored. And when people can just make that simple shift of in the moment when it's happening, and it is precious when those moments come into, well, here's a lot of upset coming up for me. And my mind's got a whole story about how it's about you, and I realize that I've been here many, many times, and I can make a shift when I ask my mind for different information. And so as I do that, I get to structure a whole different reality. Michael, last night we were listening to your newest version of What is the World? And you were talking in there about the the lesson from A Course in Miracles on the attraction of guilt. And you were talking about... Yes. The you know fear is only going to go out and look for, find, and drag back to me fear. Fearful thoughts are going to go out as messengers to go out and find things to be and irritated about and bring them back to me. And um, love can't even see what fear is going to identify with and hold on to, etc. And it put me in mind of the the um, Sufi. Uh, story of how we are each like a wall with cubbies. Each person is like a wall with lots of little holes, cubby holes that birds can fit in. And only white birds fit in one shape of hole and only black birds fit in the other shape of hole. And when I send out white birds to somebody, even if they won't send white birds of love and peace and compassion back towards me. The only thing I have space for in my wall is white birds. They send out anger at me. Their their black birds come out, fly over to my wall, have no place to land, and end up turning around and going back to their wall. So it it was so closely parallel to what you were talking about that I stopped the video and shared that story. I read it. You can find it if you simply search for uh, the story of white birds and blackbirds. Yeah, it's it's all, you know, that energy dynamic. I, to me, one of the most exciting things about this work is to start to see, perceive, and experience life through the eyes of energy and have a, a willingness to see the truth of what's going on rather than the desire to have my infantile demands met for it to work the way I want it to work. You know, the three-year-old doesn't really care how the universe works. The three-year-old says, I want what I want when I want it. And so the mind that is is in that game of, well, but 
I want it to work this way, so I'm just going to believe this way. And total violation of truth. And I think there's a genetic propensity to be willfully ignorant of the way the world works and then wonder why things aren't working. Because because one chooses not to engage in an understanding of the way it actually works. And so to see things through the eyes of energy gives the opportunity to me to comprehend that. And that white birds, black birds is is so so powerful a, a, a visual when you think about it, as is the one about the native boy that goes to the elder and says, you know, I have this white wolf and this black wolf inside of me. I don't know which one's going to win. And the elder says, I know which one's going to win, the one you feed. There's so many different ways of saying it. And yet the world chooses, and, and again, I think it's because many, many, many generations have chosen to remain ignorant and to hold to beliefs based in nothing but the desire for it to be the way they want it to be. And most of the desire for things to be the way people want it to be goes back to early infancy. And so they become infantile demands that just lead us in a lot of difficulties that are not even necessary. Well, and uh, one of the things I like most about the lesson you were giving last night in What is the World and that lesson from A Course in Miracles on the attraction of guilt and the white bird's blackbird story is that it's reinforced from so many different angles that it's ancient wisdom that says, if I have pain inside of me, I created that pain. And if somebody gets in my face and is screaming with anger, if all I send out is white birds or loving energy toward them, I will have a completely different experience of them and of myself than if I respond to their screaming at me in anger with fear or irritation of my own. It's what I'm feeling in every moment is my creation. And how do I figure out? If a negative emotion I'm feeling is something I've created or somebody's, something somebody else created and gave to me, the answer is I can figure out if I created it by whether or not I'm feeling it. If I'm feeling it, I created it. Absolutely. And, and another piece that kind of just reinforces that is recognizing that the perceiving mind always tells more about itself of what it perceives than it tells about the world that it thinks it's perceiving, especially when there's disturbance. So people who live in continuous disturbance but are always believing when the disturbance comes forward that it's about somebody else is, is again, stuck in that place of denial and dissociation. And, and the conversation is always about what's out there that's creating my disturbance, what the problem is, whereas I can face literally every problem in the world and stay connected to my human life, to the active presence of love, and I'll be at peace in the middle of this problem, this challenge. I won't have to go into hostility or fear, and the game is going to change. So it's all, all a choice. And, of course, if you don't have the decision takes over, and whatever fires and brain cells runs the show. And, again, those who choose to remain willfully ignorant of the way it works, uh, every time those brain cells that are dissociated from
Tim? Yes. Michael dropped. Um, you, he okay, must be I'm, in his own. I've gone through a rough spot, too, so. <laughs> but we're getting... We're, we're, we're getting, because it was crackling up a little bit before he dropped off completely, so. So, but we're close to the end of our show. According to time, maybe two and a half, three minutes left. Right, three minutes. Okay. So, let's remind people that we're here five days a week. Please come and join us again on Monday. Uh, prepare your questions and comments. We'd love to have you speaking to us live or typing in the chat room. Was there anything else going on in the chat room before we wrap up? Um, just a lot of appreciation and thanks for, um, you know, our our discussion today, um, the open and honesty and just the, the topics we, co- we covered, the, um, the, the worthiness issue. A lot of appreciation for that dialogue. Well, let me just say, as I like to remind people, you're quite welcome and deserving. It's uh, it's wonderful that each and every one of you have chosen to join us each day that you do. And um, we're looking forward to another great week of shows next week. Share it with somebody. Come back yourself. Bring a friend. And... Uh, and as, as we say, each show, please raise your hand, don't be nervous, ask your questions, make your comments, because everyone benefits when you ask your question, when you overcome your fear or your nervousness. And thank you, Michelle, for your participation today and your honesty, and we'll look forward to uh, another great series of shows next week. No, thank you for um, your feedback, Tim. Um, I'm considering taking on some of the suggestions and then reporting back Monday. All right. Well, have a great weekend. You can go ahead and play the outro. We've got less than a minute and a half left. So. Yep. Have a great. Take care. All right. Congratulations on your anniversary. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice and his wife, Jeannie, who present the internal Aramaic process of forgiveness. Michael and Jeannie are here every Monday through Friday on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.yagain.com. That's www.whyagain.com. A-I-N dot com.